to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And in studio, we have with us today the business development manager of Leader One Financial, the Roller Mortgage Team, Kaylin Richardson. Kaylin, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Hey, we it's you know it's an exciting time to talk about what's going on in the mortgage industry, mortgage rates, and all of that kind of stuff. But before we get to any of that, if you happen to be watching us on YouTube, you will see that we are all decked out in our Chiefs gear because it is February 1st, 2024, and the Chiefs once again are going to the Super Bowl. AFC Chiefs, baby! Oh my gosh. Six times in a row at the game, four victories, and we, Dynasty. Are, we are facing the uh, going to be ticked off. San Francisco 49ers. So let's, I know I'm a little disappointed about that. I would have been. I, I wanted a Detroit I, because that's how we started the Chiefs season. That's true. It yeah. was the and Detroit won by the way. Yes, they uh, did. A friend of mine bought our tickets. That's a really big Detroit fan, and so I would have loved the rematch and. I might have had a compadre that would support my Super Bowl want-to-go fetish, and nobody else is supporting me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll support you every way but financially. (laughs) That's the problem. I understand. (laughs) I understand. Anybody out there who's feeling horribly gracious and wants to take a real estate geek with them, you know, on their nickel, they can give me a call. (laughs) Tickets are outrageous right now. Oh, my goodness. But... um, yeah, so uh, pretty exciting time, and uh, uh, as as the Chiefs are achieving their victory, we're hoping that you're achieving your victory, and that this podcast talking about your mortgage victory can can help you out. So here we go, Kalen, uh, t- tell us about um, uh, your take on interest rates, right? Because interest rates were down at these ridiculously small amounts pre-pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. and they stayed pretty low for quite a while. Then they, as as the federal government um, attempted to fight, and apparently so far successfully fight uh, inflation, they raised the interest rate. But now it's the beginning of 2024, right? It's the 1st of February. What, what, what do you foresee is going to happen? Yes, absolutely. I think, and just like you said, we all got very spoiled uh, with pandemic rates, 2 3%. And the fact of the matter is, is that wasn't sustainable, right? We all got very spoiled with those rates and they had to come up at some point. And so they just kept going up and up. And I know last year in May, we were hoping that with the inflation reports, uh, that they would come back as we had hoped and rates would go down and they didn't. They kept hanging up there. And then finally, the last quarter of 2023, when they made when they had the meeting and announced rates were no longer going to hike, we started to see that dip finally, right? And so we're starting to see those rates going back down. Now they have teeter-tottered some, right? Back and forth a little bit, uh, which is expected. But I am foreseeing that we're headed into more of a normal market, right? So in those sixes, in those fives, and interest rates, it is a hard subject because every client is in a different financial position, right? We might have one client lock in lower than another client in the same day, depending on their loan programs, credit scores, debt to income, and all of that. So um, rates are, they're headed in a more normal market direction, um, but we will still see them teeter-totter some. So 
Yeah, it, it, and it was, it did seem like that. It seemed like uh, the last half of 2023, when the stated objectives appeared to be uh, being met when it came to inflation, yet the, they were very, the Fed seemed to be very cautious mm-hmm. about lowering rates. Um, but uh, so you are foreseeing, and, and this sort of matches what we've been hearing from uh, the financial gurus, particularly the real estate ones, is, is that we do anticipate there being uh, mortgage rates dropping into and it's interesting you say more normal. Uh, that depends on how old Still you are. historically super low. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, 5 and 6%. Uh, I- depending on your age, is still like very tasty. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so um, I say depending on your age because, you know, in the 80s, right? So what is that, like 40 some odd years ago? So I'm really dating myself. Double digits. Oh, yeah. I mean, 15%, 16%, 17%. So, um, so we're anticipating them to come down. What What are they? What, do we? Does anybody? And Jen, if you, maybe you have a feel, uh, but certainly you would. Uh, what's going on at Leader One? Mm-hmm. Uh, a well qualified buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, what What kind of rates are they looking at right now? We're looking in the sixes right now. In the you sixes, know, around middle sixes, high sixes. Um, we do a lot of down payment assistance programs, and so we've even seen um, some down payment assistance programs be at a five point seven eight five. Um, just depending, but I would say, you know, your average good buyer in the sixes. So I think it's, it's important to understand from, uh, if if you're looking to, to, to get into, you know, uh, a new loan Mm -hmm. is that all of the factors that you mentioned, uh, your credit score, uh, your debt to income ratio, um, the, uh, um, the amount of down payment you put, all of these, the, the the loan program you're on, whether it's a, a government like an FHA or a VA versus uh, uh, traditional down payment assistance program assistance programs. I know there's a great one in Missouri. The MHDC has one out. We've talked yeah. about several times on the podcast. All of these things wrapped together can affect what your interest rate is. Yes. Let's talk about how that gets advertised. Let's help our consumers understand because there's two terms here. We've tried to break it down before. I'm going to let you try to break it down and you'll (laughs) probably do it way better than I do, which is the concept of interest rate versus annual percentage rate. So interest rate versus APR Mm -hmm. because they're going to be different. And that seems strange to people. They use the terms interchangeably. Yes. And that is a great question because it can be confusing to people that don't work in the industry every day. And so I would say it's very important to look at both, right? So you have your interest rate. Everyone knows what your interest rate is. It's what it's costing you to take a loan out on that amount. But then APR is, it's, combining all of the the interest rate, if there's loan origination fees, mortgage insurance, just all of these other fees and factors that go into what it takes to borrow that money. So to simplify it down, what I say is compare what your interest rate is to your APR. So let's say you have an interest rate at say 6%, and then let's say it's advertised that that APR is say 6.1%. What that's telling you is that it's not costing you a lot to get that interest rate. Now, a lot of times, though, on advertisements, you'll see, hey, 5.5% interest rate. And then on that disclaimer, um, you'll see APR 7%. What that's telling you is there are a lot of fees that go into getting that lower interest rate that they're showing you. So I would say that it's important to look at both of those. 
um, when talking with a lender, they should be transparent with you and explaining those differences already. Um, but if they're not, and if you notice a pretty significant difference between those two, definitely ask them because that means there's other there's other factors involved. Right. And ultimately, it, it's the APR you're paying, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if somebody's giving you an interest rate of five and a quarter, but your APR is six and a half, mm-hmm. six and a half is what you're going to feel in the pocketbook. Absolutely. And, and so that's the one that, you know, pay attention to the highest number yes. uh, because- Every lender is going to charge some type of fee, typically an origination fee. It's it's how mortgage cost. companies- Cost. It's, it's part of the cost of the labor involved in getting a loan, which sure. there is a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's there's people to pay, there's loan officers, there's underwriters, there's profit to make. We, you know, we, we tend to get our nose out of joint when people make profit better than we do. But the reality is, is that, you know, businesses are out there to make money. And so uh, all, all of those things uh, are, are part of what goes into those fees. So pay very close attention to that as, you, as you're looking into it. Yes. I think that's really important. So thanks for clearing that up. You're welcome. We, uh, we, we talk a lot about getting pre-qualified uh, to our clients. And it's really interesting uh, is, is that a lot of clients have a, a, a mental uh, block uh, they don't, that, that's a step that, for whatever reason, they, they don't want to take. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, just in general in the industry, um, what pre-qualified means and then typically what um, uh, a mortgage lender would need in terms of data information to uh, pre-qualify somebody. And then lastly, we'll talk a little bit about credit impact. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I want to dispel the myth that getting pre-qualified is hard or takes a lot of effort or damages your credit. I want people to feel much more comfortable about finding out where they are in the moment. So let's talk through pre-qualified. Yes. So I do think that that term can, as you said, scare people away. But in reality, there's no reason for it to. Getting pre-qualified can actually be a very quick process and a very simple process. Um as far as working with us, and I would assume most lenders as well, it's the fact of first speaking with the client, you know, asking what their goals are, seeing what their current situation is. But following that conversation is sending them an application to apply online. And this application, it's your very basic information, right? Your birthday, your social, your employment history. Um, once we get that information, that is when the loan officer will review that information with the client and go over, hey, this is what you are able to afford. What is your goal? What are you wanting your payment to look like? But that pre-qualification process, it's so simple. It's filling out that application, providing documents, right? We want to see some pay stubs, some W-2s, depending on what program you're looking at. Um, But there is that difference as well between that pre-qualification and that pre-approval. So... Well, and you said something in there I think that's telling is depending on what program you're looking at, well, it's not like uh, the average consumer, heck, it's not even like the average realtor Mm -hmm. knows all of the loan programs. And by Um, the way, this is going to help you figure out what is best suited for you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Because there's different loans depending on income level, uh, depending on multiple factors, credit scores, and you could tell us as low as, what are we... I've done a loan as low as 500 credit score. So listen, so 500 to 900, you know, the very tips of the top. 850, I think, is as high as it goes. 
Yeah. Is there an A50? Okay. We're, we're overachievers here, though. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> For some reason, there's 900 in my head today. But anyways, there's a wide array of credit scores, and there's a program for so many types of people, and, and not every program requires 20% down. Absolutely There not. is 0% down programs. And yep. so providing this information that is super simple, sounds like it's going to take you 10, 15 minutes yes. to run through. The conversation is probably going to be more lengthy than that just because mm-hmm. that's your goals and where we're going and everything else. But this is a this is a paramount piece of the process of the homeownership journey. Absolutely. And I would say my favorite piece of all of it is getting in contact with people that are like, I'm nervous to apply or I don't think, you know, they're, they're trying to, I guess, not apply themselves, you know? And so when they actually do fill out our application, we have that conversation and, you know, we motivate them and they fill it out and they actually realize, Hey, I'm actually a lot closer to being able to get a home than I thought I was. I mean, that's a life changer for them. And so many people just don't realize that they can get a home when really they can. You know, I'm a big proponent of clear future, right? So wherever you are, even though, and we experience this as realtors, um, especially with first time home buyers is there is a fear factor involved in this. And it's, there's no reason to be afraid because whatever that looks like, whether it's I'm way more qualified than I thought Mm -hmm. I was, or I got a couple hurdles I'm going to have to get through. It's very manageable. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think you've hit the nail on the head a little bit. Some people are, um, maybe a little bit, um, um, inaccurate about how much data they're going to have to provide. Uh, but I, I think the, the big thing is fear and it's the fear of rejection ultimately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is what it is, right? I don't want to be told what I think might happen, which is I can't afford to buy a home right now. However, and you call it clear future. I always use the phrase eyes wide open. Uh, if, if you really want to get into home ownership and you don't feel like you're there, uh, but you're just guessing about what needs to happen financially. I can tell you, uh, if if you uh, work with um, Kaylin and her team or any of the other um, mortgage people that we've had on, um, we only have great mortgage people on. And uh, they, uh, they, first of all, there's no judgment, right? I mean, we've all been through it. Hey, trust me, I've been in a place in life where I couldn't afford a home. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's because of bad financial decisions I made. It's not because I just wasn't making enough money. It's because I was spending too much money on dumb things, right? So I'm human too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you got to get over that, that concern around uh, uh, embarrassment or whatever it is, and find out exactly where you stand. And I think a lot of people will find that there are programs out there that can support them right where they are. And if they're not, Yep. Then they know. They know exactly. Hey, a, a good mortgage person will say, "Hey, uh, a good lender's gonna say, hey, here, here's some things you can do.'" And then they'll check in on a regular basis. How are you doing? You know, maybe a little encouragement. It's almost like having a personal trainer. And one of the things I found out about uh, Kaylin when we first met is that uh, Jana with Rescore mm-hmm. actually is a common friend, and we've had Jana on. It's been a little while, yep. but Jana you know, Fox. there are these tools that are fairly easy tools to use and they can help get you there faster. Absolutely. If there is a hurdle, which there might not even be one. So again, <laughs> I'm, you know, eyes wide open, clear future, uh, you know, that that's really where we need to be at. 
Yes. So you're providing uh, some information. You're providing some some basic demographic, your name, your address, all of that kind of stuff. You're providing a social security number because credit does have to be pulled. Yes. Um, we'll come back to that in just a second. Uh, probably some uh, uh, paycheck stubs or W-2s, possibly a tax return, depending on exactly how you're getting paid, what kind of business you're in, how you're making your income. Mm-hmm. Um uh, anything that you're claiming is income, you might have to provide documentation. But the reality is, is the vast majority of that, depending on where you work, but in the in, in America today is online. So it's just sit down, go pull boom, it off, boom, and, boom. pull download, it off download, here, and, upload, and send upload. it in there. I send all of this, uh, yeah, I send all of this stuff to you. Uh, and and now because I I've got this in my head that this is a horrible process. I'm waiting three weeks, right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, the turnaround's really quick, isn't it? Yes, we have pre-qualified someone within 30 minutes from filling out an application. Uh, Pre-approvals, you know, that are getting the documents and all that within the same day. Sense of urgency, we'll get it quicker. Um, Now, if we are dealing with someone with a business, right, there's a lot that goes into that and a lot of write-offs and everything else. So, you know, that we send off to our underwriters, but we're on a 24-hour rule. So we should hear back within under 24 hours. Um, so and, yeah, it's very quick. What Galen's talking about is as, as, as an owner of my own business, if, <laughs> if you, uh, if you own a business, if you aren't being paid through a payroll system, uh, there, it's an interesting conflict and certainly Your tax returns are complicated friends. I, they I'm are. not usually on a 24 hour turnaround <laughs> time and the level of frustration sometimes with my stuff yeah. is higher than others, but I have been in business for myself for decades now. So, yeah. so the, re- the reality is different. people in business for themselves are, are typically year to year, uh, trying to have less income. Uh, so they want to make sure they're writing off everything that they can legally write off as an expense for the business, which then lowers their income, which makes it harder to qualify qualify for loans. So it's a, but anybody who's been in business for themselves for a, a, any period of time is familiar with this dance. Uh, But if you're getting paid, if you're getting W2 paid, that kind of stuff, then it's just, Hey, uh, either paycheck stubs or W2s and you're off to the races. Could be if you're in your own business. I don't know. Probably two years worth of them. Two years worth of tax returns for 1099. Yep. But salary, obviously that's a no brainer. That's an easy one. And that's 30 minutes or less. Yep. And that's, and that's Absolutely. the vast that's the vast majority of people out it there. It is, it yeah. is. You so, are right. Yes. You are correct. So uh, I said I'd come back to this, uh, and and it's interesting that you mentioned Jana Fox when she was on with Rescore. We actually talked about the impact of having your credit pulled by a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things is depending on what your credit is being pulled for will affect the impact on your credit. So if you're getting a a department store credit card, that query can actually affect your credit more than for a a mortgage company pulling it. What uh, I I remember some of the stuff and I know what I tell clients, but let me get it from you. What kind of impact and what kind of advice do you have for people if particularly if they're shopping mortgage companies? Yes. So I actually have, that is how I, you know, got involved in this business is through Jana. So I used to do credit repair. Um, but as far as those inquiries, so you can have 10 hard inquiries within a year before they start to impact your score. Um, now, depending on where you go, just as you said, that can affect it differently, right? So I always tell our clients that are getting ready to get a home, maybe they need a new car. Okay, well, when you go to a car dealership, you notice a huge drop 
typically within your score, but that's because that car dealership is running your credit at five, six, up to 10 different banks at a time. So you're looking at 10 different inquiries. But when a lender pulls your credit, you're looking at one hard inquiry and that's it. But you can also rate shop though at other lenders and you have 21 days to do that. So if you go to, let's say, if you go to us and we run your credit, that's one hard hit. But then say you go the next day to, let's say, two other lenders for the same thing, you will not be impacted by those other two inquiries. So you will see it pop up on your credit report as an inquiry, but it does not affect your score. So when you are having your credit pulled for the purpose of a home mortgage, within a three-week period, you essentially can shop all of the mortgage lenders you want, and it will be a single small hit on your credit. And we're talking about typically just a few points, right? Yes. If it if it passes the 10 threshold. Yes, absolutely. And that is where this is where this conversation can go lengthy, but I'm going to try and simplify it. So it just depends also on your credit profile as a whole, right? So personally for for myself and my husband, we we have a home, we have car loans, we have credit cards. We utilize our credit on a daily basis, right? So for us to have our, let's say, 11th inquiry of the year, that's not really going to hit us that much. But if you're talking with someone who has no credit cards, they have no car payments, their first time inquiring with a home loan, you know, that can impact them a little bit more. So you just have to look at, there's so many different moving parts to your credit. And when you look at that score, that is a screenshot at that exact moment. And that can change, right? Every minute even. So um, just depending on when all those companies report to the Bureau. So it, it should not impact you. Like you said, I would say maybe a few points, um, but it just really depends overall on those inquiries within the year. Yeah, so perfect. yeah, typically, typically we're not looking at uh, a major hit on your credit. Correct. Although we certainly do encourage our clients that do want to shop multiple mortgage lenders that they do it within that three-week period. So whatever impact it is, it only impacts it once. Yes. And in reality, it's best to do it within a close time frame so that you remember the details, especially, I mean, write these details down, get them in writing, whatever it is, but you want to do it in a fairly close period of time because the brain is a funny thing, friends. Yes, and I feel like it does get... You know, if you inquire with too many lenders too, it gets overwhelming. It's like looking at houses. Yes. I say if you look at 10 houses in one day, you're going to start confusing them. I like five as my number for mm -hmm. people. I like five houses or less per day. And even still, that fifth one's probably getting a little wonky. Yeah. You have to take uh. good notes and, and really be honed in because, oh, was that front door green or blue or yellow? Wait, what was that master bedroom? Did it have two sinks in it? I mean, and sometimes you can review back and look at photos of homes, but the more you look at the more the yeah. brain starts to play tricks on you. Talking to lenders is similar. Like I start to talk to my third and fourth lender and gosh, I didn't write that down and I'm so confused and what was their name again? And you know, it's just well, life, right? And now, now you're going to send me down this rabbit hole because- um, Come back, I have a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> well, but this is about mortgage lenders. Um, from we'll just talk about my experience, not my experience as a buyer, but my experience as a realtor. Um, there are lenders that have good programs that uh, aren't as good to work with uh, than lenders who have a program that you know may be just a teeny bit more costly. 
what I'm trying to say is, is that the bottom line is not the number. That is a very important thing to look at. Your your annual percentage rate, uh, loan origination fee, all of those are important, but they are not the only thing. I have been in situations where lenders didn't get CDs out properly and uh, the loan could not close on the day it was supposed to close because the lender dropped the ball. I have worked with lenders that are horrible communicators. I have worked with clients who say, my loan officer won't call me back. Would you please try to go call them? And I have actually walked into a loan officer's office before just to get communication. So this is not the only thing is not the money. Oh, and I've got a good one and I won't name the online company. But as a property provider, I get tagged to do verifications. Mm -hmm. And I happen to know the agent of my renter who was buying a home and needed that verification and literally had the lender lying to this agent they didn't know that we knew each other. And I had all of the emails from when this was happening, when this verification was, and they were blaming me for the delay. Oh, yeah. Oh, boyfriends. Don't you think I had those screenshots? And Ooh. this is an online lender, not a local person here. So, again, not naming them. But could have people been a, know each other. Could have, been yes. a, could have been a character in Guardians of the Galaxy, but we won't say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so there yeah, there there are great lenders that have nothing to do with their particular programs uh, and those kinds of things. Obviously, you want a combination of both. You want somebody who will go out and investigate all the different loan products including the ones that they offer specific to their mortgage company. We'll talk about those in a minute. But you also need one that you feel comfortable with that is great and communicating with you that is following up with you after you've done that um uh, online application process, et cetera, et cetera. So do not discount the soft part of that. And then ask your realtor if they know uh, of that lender and how well they close. And by what I mean by how well they close realistically is, do they typically close on time? Because a lender could be on the, on the morning of close, if they're not sending documents over to a title company, you're not closing. And, uh, and and so there are lenders. And if out your there. rate lock expires, and that's a problem. Oh my You've gosh. got a bigger problem. We'll talk about rate Ooh. locks I mean, too. I, yeah. The, the decades of stories that yeah. I have from so so delays and closing yeah. and you know situations and. And, and by the way, this is one of the reasons, right? We're really kind of going down this rabbit. But this is one of the reasons why particularly realtors, are required to share with you any financial interest they have in a lending company, which I have none, and I only recommend people that I know are going to do well, uh, because um, you don't want your realtor recommending a lender because you know, they're financially they're gonna tied to them. They're going to mm-hmm. tie to them and they may not actually have a good reputation of closing on time, et cetera. So be sure. And you know, just like we always tell you, you know, find a great realtor, also find a great mortgage lender. And there are soft parts around to it, not just APRs. Do your homework. Don't let your dog eat it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, all right. So there's there's so many things that that we just kind of want to reiterate with everyone. But let's talk about loan programs in general. And I we certainly uh, have had uh, a lot of discussions. And you can go back into the library of our podcast to to understand the differences between the government back loans. Uh, but um, Let's kind of talk about the various loan programs and what they're generally designed for. And then uh, also, can you share with us uh, either what's going on with down payment assistance programs right now and anything that Leader One uh, has specific that's really cool? 
Yes. So as far as the loan programs, I mean, whew, there's so many out there. Well, but Hit the big ones. Yes. You're going to hear your, your basic ones, right? Your FHA um, you know, loan that is backed by the government. That is a 3.5% down. This is typically your loan that's looked at for your first-time home buyers, right? They can have a credit score of a 580 or higher. Um, and then you're looking at conventional, which that is when you have to have a 620 or higher credit score and you're looking at 3% down. Now, of course, we could get into the mud with all the specifics with that, but you you know, you know, have your mortgage insurance and everything else that is involved when you're not putting 20% down. FHA, you will always have that mortgage insurance for the life of the loan. Um, we do have our VA, which is for our veterans. Um, absolutely love our VA loans and um, then you have your USDA as well. So I would say we don't work with USDA a lot, although we have that loan and we use that program. Um, and that, U- USDA is for rural properties, yes. which is why in the Kent City Metro. You, I know, uh, is it 5,000 or less in the community? Do you remember that number? Um, I don't I'm remember. A, I'll, I'll, yes. Google it real, I'll Google it real <laughs> yeah. quick. Well, we There's certainly have like areas that we, we, we service, but obviously the core of our area is more urban, which is why we don't do those as much here in the area. Yes. So, you know, but what's nice is you can get out, you know, about an hour away and you can utilize those USDA programs if you have that option. But um, I would say as far as down payment assistance, though, that is that's kind of my baby I've taken on since yeah. uh, since I joined the roller team. But down payment assistance, there are so many programs out there and it really depends on what lender that you work with and how knowledgeable they are on these programs. Right. Because when it comes down to it, you just don't know what you don't know. And so if you work with a lender that works with these programs a lot, you're going to have a much better experience because it's such a hands-on experience. And so MHDC, as you mentioned earlier, that's Missouri's down payment assistance program. I would say personally, my team closes at least two or three of those loans a week. Um, So we're working with them on a regular basis. And with that program, it is covering up to 4% of your down payment and your closing costs for a home. So it is normal to get into a home with very, very little out of pocket. And we actually just had a closing last week where the client got a check back at closing. I've had a USDA like that. It's so fun. I love it because you're dealing with people that they never even thought home ownership was possible. And here they are at the closing table, say even a month, month and a half down the road from applying with us. And they're literally getting a check back at closing sometimes. Now that's probably some of their earnest money to be fair, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So they put the earnest money down and then they were able to get some of that back through the program credits, seller. Yep. The, yep. Seller. Uh, I I just had lunch with a, 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 client and that's in a home now and uh, she reminded me that they they had $800 cash out of pocket when they bought their house with you know so yeah i mean and they were mhdc and and so uh, and got some seller paid stuff and uh, I, I just looked at him like, really? Did we, we did that well? That's yeah. awesome, you know. And because uh, yeah. uh, I had forgotten, but yeah, no, it's 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 pretty cool. And uh, one of my very first clients was an MHDC down payment assistance program that they were on, and uh, there was they. This isn't um, this isn't just for people that don't make very much money. They were making some pretty decent money and mm-hmm. still qualified. Yep, you can in this area. A good rule of thumb, which. Granite can, you know, teeter totter a little bit, but a combined household income of a hundred thousand a year. Um, we've even, there's a next step program. Um, we've had people on MHDC make up to 120,000 a year. 
for their household income and they still were qualified on MHDC. So, and we're also seeing too, with that program, we have lower interest rates lately. That's what's been going on. We had locked someone in at a 5.785 on an MHDC program. So it's definitely a great, you know, option for people if they can, if they can use it. We've mentioned that term, I think at least three times so far, locking in. Um, Let's talk, uh, let's educate people about what that is, uh, what goes about it, if there are costs involved, how long it takes, et cetera. What do you mean when you say lock in? Locking in. So locking in an interest rate. That's a great, great question. So um, when you get pre-qualified, right, and a lender might talk to you about, hey, this is what this interest rate is at, that is not a guarantee of that interest rate. You lock in at your interest rate when you go under contract on a home. So when that offer is accepted, when that contract is signed and it's sent over to the lender, that is when we lock in that rate. Now, as far as, and when locking in that rate, that means the interest rate, right? That is overall the interest rate on what you're going to pay on that loan. Um, As far as MHDC goes specifically, we cannot lock in on that rate until 10 days prior to closing. So that is something also that you just have to be cautious with. And again, that's when it's important to work with a lender that knows what they're doing, um, is knowing that if they are pre-qualified based on a certain interest rate, that interest rate can change and can change the loan. So that's why it's super important to have you know, that communication up front and throughout the entire process and those expectations of what can happen and what we need to be looking out for. Yeah, excellent. I mean, and that's a good point. And when you are not on an MHDC, but when you are locking in right when you go under contract, mm-hmm. traditionally, how long does that last? Because sometimes closings get delayed. Yes, absolutely. So it depends on the lender and the program. Um, but typically when we lock someone, it's quite, you know, we can do a 30-day lock or a 45-day lock. Um, and that's just that's just included with what we're doing. So if you have to extend a lock, which typically when you're looking at extending a lock, that happens sometimes on new builds. Um, and that is something that has to be discussed between like the builder and the lender as well, of course, as the buyer. All right. So uh, another thing when we start talking about um, money and uh, understanding um, what's going on, one of the things that I always find frustrating is um when, uh, for whatever reason, uh, um, the estimated closing costs aren't out very quickly. So let's talk about that because we know, right? Everybody knows that, hey, if I'm going to take out a loan on a house, uh, I there's more than just the loan amount. I have to come up with what's called closing costs, which is going to be a down payment, which is going to be some other fees. And as a consumer, how quickly should I be after, you know, you've pre-qualified me now and you say, hey, I can afford a $300,000 house, but I also want to get a vague idea as soon as humanly possible about how much cash am I actually supposed to bring to the table on the day we close, even if I haven't found a house yet. Mm -hmm. So how soon should a consumer be um, expecting to get at least a rough idea of what that might look like? I mean, I would say within the same day. (laughs) That's how we work. I know other lenders are different and they usually have a few days to send out, you know, um, their loan estimate or loan scenario. But that is a conversation that we have with our clients on the phone when we're discussing their pre-qualification, because it is so important to be transparent and for people to understand here's the cost and what it's going to take for you to get into this home. And on those scenarios, it's going to show your closing costs. It's going to show what that loan origination fee is if you're paying um, points, which is where you're buying down the rate. 
So that is something that needs to be sent out and needs to be within the client's hands, I would say same day or within three days. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, one of the things that uh, I always tell my clients is um, those conversations are, are not something that your realtor gets involved with by design, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're private financial discussions between you and your mortgage lender. So if you want your realtor to understand what's going on and help along with your lender explain, where I always suggest that a great realtor is like a project manager and is, is making sure all the pieces are moving, et cetera, you have to, as the buyer, you have to share that information with your realtor as well, saying, here's what I got from the mortgage lender, you know, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Right? Would you take a look at this? Would you? I think I understand it. You know, will you you know run it run through me with it based on your understanding? And of course, um, I always find that when lenders and realtors are on the same page and they both completely understand what's going on with the loan, it it really helps uh, reiterate to clients. At least I certainly do. Uh, hey, you know, just you know, this is what we're looking at. Oh, look, you went up ten thousand. If you look at what you know, Kaylin and her team gave you, you know, then this is what's going to impact how much money you have to bring to close. And so we can have those conversations as we go. Um, so just remember that 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 your financial discussions uh, with your mortgage lender are private, mm-hmm. and if you choose to share that information with your realtor, they can certainly. Uh, help along with the mortgage lender um, uh, keep you informed as anything might shift. Yes, absolutely. And I think if you're, you know, your lender, if you ask for them to send over that loan scenario um, and they're not sending it, there's an issue. (laughs) That should be something that should be the priority of your lender is to be very open about where every single dollar is being accounted for in that process. Yep, absolutely. And back to USDA, I cannot hammer down the number <laughs> because I, well, I use Smithville as, as an example, just because I know that that is a USDA. And when I type in one address in the county, it's a no. And when, when I type one up further north, it's a yes. And I would think it would be by zip code. But the other mm-hmm. thing that I want to remind everybody is USDA does have income requirements. Yes. Um, so that's a factor in it, just like she was talking about in the MHDC. And there's a lot of programs out there that will have ebbs and flows, which is why we say get with your lender, check that out, because there's so many different factors that go into that. The USDA has been a nothing down in where I had a client get a check back at closing as well. <laughs> uh, but it does come with some complexity to it and some of those programs do. Yeah. It, it does. And a lot of those programs as well, as I tell everyone, what we say right right now may change in a week or two weeks, right? Everything is constantly changing. So it's very important that you know, figuring out that population for that city in that area and whatever it's approved for that you're constantly staying up to date with what those guidelines are. There's a tool on USDA that you can type in the address and it will tell you, yes, this is an eligible area or no, this is not. So it's on the USDA.gov, I believe it is. Yep. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Thank goodness for technology when it works. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, just general mortgage information a little bit um, and uh, hopefully uh, given some reiteration, right? Repetition is the key to memorization for uh, people listening to the podcast. Hopefully we've helped them out a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about Leader One because and when we met you guys um, and started uh, having clients work with you and everything, what we found is um, you have a very unique approach to uh, how an individual gets teamed with an actual loan officer, your role, uh, your specific role in that whole process. Why don't you walk us through that? 
Oh, how fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love my job. I could geek out on it all day. Um, So as far as our process goes, let's just kind of go back, right? If you're dealing, let's say you send a client to a loan officer, you are dealing with one loan officer, you're dealing with one person's schedule. You are dealing with just that one person the entire time. The concept with our team is, is that we are a team and we work as a team. And so I myself, I'm a licensed loan officer. I do not originate the loans on our team because I have four other amazing loan officers that that is what they do every single day, right? They work on all of these loans. And so <laughs> Sorry. And so with my job, what I really want to do is I want to connect with all of our clients and I want them to trust us. I mean, they are about to do probably the biggest purchase in their life, right? And we don't want to just throw over an application and say, "Here, fill it out." come back to us when you're ready, right? We we want to gain that relationship and that trust with them. So what I like to do is spend that time on the phone with them, like we talked about, figure out their goals, what their situation is, um, and then send over that application. Now, depending on how that conversation I have with them goes, if I feel like there is a specific loan officer on our team that would really just fit well with them as far as personalities go, I will send that loan officer's application link. And they're kind of paired at that point, right? I'm kind of like a matchmaker because you don't want someone with one personality to work with another personality that doesn't click. You want them to feel comfortable with who they're working with. So um, then we have other times though, where, you know, maybe I speak with someone and I'm like, Hey, all of our loan officers are great on our team. And anyone who would pick this up would, would work well with them. And so at that point, now you're working, you have four other options of loan officers and the idea of that is they get to pick up that application as quickly as possible. Not only now are you dealing with one schedule, you're dealing with four schedules and four opportunities. So the idea is to get those up applications in and they'll be picked up as quickly as possible. When someone fills out an app, it is uncommon for someone to reach out to them within 15, 20 minutes. So um, I get to play matchmaker a little bit, just depending on the situation and certain loan officers on our team as well. Um, are really good with certain loan programs. Because again, you know, if, if you send them to a loan officer that only does that program once a year, it's probably not going to be the smoothest transaction, right? So if you send them though to a loan officer that does two or three of those a month, that's going to be a lot better process for the client. So um, yeah, so I just get to kind of make all those relationships and, and work with our agents, but also make sure that communication is on top throughout the entire process too. Yeah, no, I mean, I and I, we have we have the same issue. Team Ridge. Yeah, Team Ridge. We have the same <laughs> issue in real estate. Um, and uh, w- when I have a client that wants to work with me on a product that I'm not as familiar with, I have to spend a lot of extra time creating that level of expertise um, that, you know, I don't do a ton of condos. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly uh, can do them, have done them, but... Uh, uh, if I were working the volume that mortgage lenders work, I would struggle to be an expert in condos. Now, the nature of real estate is, at least in my business, I I don't have you know thirty and forty clients at a time. So when I do have a condo uh, purchaser or seller, I can sort of re-engage and, and re-familiarize myself and make sure there's nothing new that's that's come out since the the last condo deal I've done. 
you don't have that opportunity uh, when you have a, a, a massive number of people going through. And so being able to direct to somebody who does MHDC all the time, because this is going to be an MHDC, that certainly uh, mm-hmm. ma- makes it go smoother. So uh, that's, that seemed like a really neat idea to me, not only that whole concept of the team, which of course is exactly what we do at uh, Dream Properties Real Estate, but uh, also that uh, let's funnel in and our, our stuff to the people who either uh, have an immediate opening in time or have a particular expertise, right? I certainly don't even try to touch, you know, uh, uh, like multi-unit investment properties. Those go to Jen, period, because I just They're complex. I've got the yeah. and holy I just, grail of complexity going on right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I don't have a ton of expertise in there. And so she's the person on the team who gets those, even if they're my client. So, yep. Doing yeah. what's best for the clients. Yep. It'll always come back right at you. So. Yeah. So that, that's a really cool and unique approach. All right. Uh, we're, we're getting near the end of time. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I think we've covered a lot of ground that hopefully is going to help a lot of people uh, just get the nuances of this going. Uh, most importantly, hopefully we've, we've broken down that fear of going out and asking the question, what can I afford right now? And if I don't like that answer, what do I need to do to be able to get to uh, the answer I want? And that's probably critical step number one for all of our people who are out there trying to get in the market. But obviously, some of them are going to be really interested in, hey, that was, you know, Kaylin was really neat. Leader One sounds really cool. Um, uh, uh, how do they get a hold of you? And then I have one more question to ask, but okay. how, how do they get a hold of you? <laughs> well, here on the Roller team, you don't go through call centers. You just have our direct cell phones. So uh, my phone number, 816-785-1281. Text, call me whenever, and I will be available Um, You can also go online to our website at rollermortgage.com, and we have a ton of information on there available. So. Roller Mortgage, R-O-L-L-E-R, mor- yes. mortgage.com. Yep. Okay. And, and uh, we always try to finish up our, our, our um, podcasts with sort of a crazy story. And so... Uh, obviously, um, we want that to sort of be in the mortgage world, but can, can you share with us like just sort of like the craziest scenario you've ever been in or familiar with? Yeah. So we are in a lot of crazy scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that one's really hard to, to narrow down. I will say, uh, one of our loan officers on our team, Um, It was during the pandemic and he had a buyer that they closed on their home and they had to end up going in forbearance. Um, And then they ended up selling their home and they made (laughs) $80,000 off of selling their home and they never made a mortgage payment. So I think, (laughs) so I think that one kind of tops it. Uh, Just the amount of equity that people are having in their homes, literally within six months, a year, two years, it's insane. And then, I would just say on the daily basis, the amount of loans that we save that just fall through halfway through, it just, it, it blows my mind when people come from just online lenders and they're in the middle, they're under contract, right? And they're two weeks till close and we're getting a call from our agent because we're the preferred lender. Hey, can you save this? And you know, we swoop in and save the day and, um, it's a win-win for everybody. But yeah, I would say, say those two are the the biggest ones that stand out. So, wow. 
Yeah, eighty grand never made a house payment. <laughs> I I want that scenario. Uh, what be all? careful what you wish for. <laughs> and I don't I don't sleep as yeah. Uh, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You did say the wildest ones. So that is that's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. That's Kaylin Richardson with Leader One Financial and another great episode of Get Real KC. Until next time, go Chiefs! Woo woo. <laughs>